listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, your base for the lowdown on acapella. At the top of the hour this hour, the new Casa Board. In July, the Contemporary Acapella Society, or CASA, announced their board for 2016-2017. With the exception of a leadership change, it looks, well, a whole lot like the board of 2015-2016. Lauren France has joined, heading up marketing and communications for the organization, while Gina Deaton is the new secretary. Events, technology, development, and education all remain the same. And last year's president, Greg Rubin, becomes the treasurer, while previous vice president, Tom Anderson, takes over the reins. You can get bios for all the current members at casa.org. All the best to the new team. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, joined today by the lovely Lauren Park. Hello. <laughs> Lauren is the president of the treble group at the University of Puget Sound. Lauren, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and about your group? Sure. Um, I myself am a psychology major. I'm a senior, but I'm very involved in the music department on campus as a music minor. Yeah, as far as my extracurricular activities go, mostly what she said, of which I serve as president. The group is made up of mostly treble voices, which means that anyone who sings in the soprano alto range is welcome to audition for us, regardless of gender identity. Um, we sing pop music, some jazz, we do some choral and classical every now and then. So it's a nice blend of things and really kind of takes shape with who we have in the group at the time. I think that's great. And I remember specifically, so just uh, a little background, for, we were in school at the same time. So what I specifically remember, Lauren, and I don't know if this was you who decided it or whatever, but your group, what she said, and pretty much all the groups on campus identify it a lot as like Puget Sound's only female acapella group or only male acapella group. And you guys were the first, I believe, that changed your title from a female acapella group to treble acapella, yeah. which uh, could you talk a little bit about a little bit about that? Because I think that is one fa fascinating and two fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of a decision on like the part of every member of the group and just sort of something that made everyone feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, we have members now and have had members in the past that don't necessarily identify as female, mm -hmm. though that is typically the soprano alto voice. So in mm -hmm. order to be more inclusive to our existing members and sort of inspire other members on campus who may feel marginalized in their gender identity to come out and audition for us we decided that that change would be a symbolic one but also would be reflected in like our future decisions so i think that brings up a really interesting topic in that you inherited a group in the sense that you you did not start it and comparing with me as listeners know if you've listened to the past few episodes i love to talk about myself <laughs> and uh i started my group called the timber men i definitely originally because i was ignorant and didn't realize how well life worked and that there are more genders than boys and girls and that not all tenors and basses are boys and not all sopranos and altos are girls i just marketed it as a all-male small acapella group we we're like four or five people and 
I think Lauren, our groups have something kind of similar in the sense that they're kind of, they have gendered titles, mm-hmm. like what she said, Timber Men. And that's tricky. I actually had a conversation with your guys' musical director about like, hey, how do you guys kind of deal with that? And I'd love to hear your thoughts. And, you know, I love the fact that it's treble, but it's, it's tricky. And I, you know, about a year and a half after creating Timber Men, I was like, ooh, was that the right name? Uh, and I've definitely had a few long conversations about the situation a lot of people find themselves in when they're wanting to maybe, let's say, create a group like I did with four people who I all knew very closely and knew identified as male. But then what's the legacy going forward and people wanting to join who might not identify as male but still have great voices? So, And I think that what comes up and is something that, and this applies to not just a cappella groups, to choir, to anyone who is a voice person, um, and I've talked with Lorna and I's old voice teacher about this um, at length, that right now, literally just in the English language, there is not a term to describe a, a quote-unquote biological male larynx and by that I mean the standard and not even standards not even the right word just the larynx that you would find in someone who is identified male at birth and continues to identify as that into past puberty and there's not a difference between that and someone who identifies as female without using the words male or female mm-hmm. um, the only way and I've seen this in classes and I've seen this described in a lot of places uh, that they are described are as male and female. And I think especially in acapella groups when the culture is so dependent or not even, yeah, the culture is very dependent and very based around identifying your group as either all male, all female or co-ed. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of have a bit of a tricky situation and hey, I want people to know that yeah, I guess my group is mainly made up of boys, but we just want the voices that fit this instrument. And the fact that there isn't a term to literally describe it that doesn't uh, go to immediately to gender, that's mm-hmm. kind of a tricky topic. And I'm wondering, uh, I'd just love to hear more about how you guys have so flawlessly tackled that. And maybe the thoughts of, I know, if, if I recall correctly, you have... Um, uh, one male and at least one male and one uh, gender neutral person mm-hmm. in the group currently. I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm wondering what your thoughts and their thoughts have been to this really uh, tricky situation that you guys have handled so well. Yeah, well, thank you. I do believe we've handled it well, but it wasn't my own doing, so I won't take credit. Um, uh, as far as like making it a more inclusive space it has been a transition a bit um as far as the name goes we were founded in 2008 and no one really knows the origins of the name um it did happen before (laughs) the office i guess so it's not a that's what she said reference (laughs) much to many people's surprise um i think our best guess is that it comes from the line what did she say from our like Oh, group song Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so that's my best guess. And that's kind of how I like wrestle with that title. Um, The title of the group for myself is that, you know, it is gendered in itself, but it does reflect um, a piece of music that's sort of sacred to everyone who belongs. That's a really good. That's that's no, that makes so much sense. Yeah, because I think a lot of people um, would see that and be like, "Oh, she, it's Mm -hmm. all girls, and that's what they're talking about, and that's the only people they take." But the fact that it is not about 
the title itself is not referring to your members but to a topic of a piece of music man that's mm-hmm. If that's not actually what it was like, how it was named, just run with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go with it. I think that that's so how you should do it. Um, and that's really smart because I'm, or not I'm, my <laughs> gotta let go of my old group, <laughs> not mine. Um, but they're in a bit of a tricky situation in that I, how my situation was that I started the group with myself and three others, all people who, of course, you know, Lauren, and um, they were all. I knew them very well and they all identified as guys um, and there was not a necessarily a plan to keep it going past us four even more than like a semester or two mm-hmm. so how I looked at it was okay this is a name for us for these specific people and then when it started going forward it's like oh this is a little trickier now because mm-hmm. maybe not so far everyone who is, has been in it and is currently in it um, has identified as male and I've had ex- the best I've found I can do because I chose a gendered title and that was my mistake and I'll own that um, is just have pretty deep and kind of personal conversations with each of the members privately and being like hey are you okay identifying with being in a group that has the word men in it mm-hmm. and you know that's a that's a tricky hurdle for to cross and I think it's a hurdle a lot of groups of are going to have to get used to um, or not get used to are going to have to cross. I saw mm-hmm. a title for one that was like all male acapella all the time. And I was like, huh, <laughs> well, um, and it's from like a very progressive school too. Mm-hmm. So it's really tricky. And I yeah. admire you guys for really getting in the forefront of that and being the first group to change that. I think we all changed within like a week of seeing that. Yeah. Like, oh, dang it, we got to do something. Yeah. Um, Well, I think, yeah, for us personally, I think the only reason we were first is because, you know, we had that issue kind of in the forefront Mm -hmm. um, with a couple of our members not identifying as women. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, soon after we changed T-shirts to not, like, the little, like, female, like, baby doll cut to, like, a more, like, the quote-unquote unisex style. Um, And just, it was the name and like the culture of a female acapella group is was something that we did inherit mm-hmm. um but that was in 2008 and it's 2016 and now you know things are different things changed very drastically on this campus have changed very drastically in the world and just kind of to keep up with our members and the times and understanding um how to really be inclusive that was just kind of a natural progression for us. And it was awesome to see the other groups kind of carrying that on and realizing that um, that should be a priority for everyone. I absolutely agree, man. That's uh, I'm just, I'm very inspired now. I just want to go create a group that has no genders in its title or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Good for you guys. Uh, So moving on from that, very heavy topic that I think we both handled with quite a bit of grace. But moving on, I think getting more into the actual musical side and less political and less um, social issue side of this, you know, at the core of every group and not necessarily the core, but at the beginning, you have to deal with auditions. 
And I believe, uh, Lauren, our groups have done auditions in pretty similar ways in the past, but there are some things you guys have done that I am just like, oh, man, that's really <laughs> smart and definitely stole for this past year's auditions, like, <laughs> very blatantly. So, Lauren, I'd love it if you could describe what What She Said does in their auditions and why and the benefits you see to the practices you guys currently take because they're they're different our groups have similar stuff but you guys are i want to say probably have one of the most distinctive audition processes even even outside of like actually hearing people sing like the leading up to it which Mm -hmm. is such a big part of intertwined with school culture outside of just like the acapella sphere so i would love to hear about that yeah definitely uh so we typically um well as you know every year we kind of advertise ourselves and the fact that we're holding auditions at our big club fest log jam at the beginning of the fall semester yeah (laughs) um so we'll gather a bunch of emails and just kind of send out a blanket like interest email address um and put up a sign-up sheet people sign up but the actual audition process itself is threefold so first, the members will, or the potential new members, I guess, um, <laughs> will learn about a minute verse chorus of a song that showcases their voice well. That can be jazz, we've had musical theater, we've had um, Disney songs, just anything that, or pop, anything that you feel showcases your voice well and will you know, give you a leg up in the audition. Have you ever Uh, had, oh, sorry. um, Have you ever had someone audition with a classical piece? um, Not since I've been Mm -hmm. in the group, but we did have someone audition with a Pokemon theme song. (gasps) What? Did they get in? Sadly, I'm sorry, they did not get in, but it was quite a rendition and very exciting to watch. Oh my gosh. That that makes me really happy. Yeah. Um, Just about that, uh, I definitely taught someone their part for auditions i believe it was your sophomore year my junior year for what she said that she oh, literally came so up to funny. me and she was like can you teach me my part for my audition in 10 minutes and i was like <laughs> sure and that's but that's a tricky thing and i think it's very like ballsy to be like okay come in with your own piece which i feel like a lot of groups do but also learn this on your own which mm-hmm. at being um a group that primarily is um, auditioned for by females, but, you know, as we said before, by everyone is welcome who has that range. Um, It seems like, and I've talked with other members from your group about this, there's a little bit of, I hate this term, but a little bit of weeding out in the, Mm -hmm. or in like like pre-first phase to figure out like um, what kind of, not even what kind of people you want, but to find the people who are really dedicated. Mm Because if... um, I recall correctly, maybe this change has uh, changed already, but for, so for all you people who didn't go to the University of Puget Sound, um, <laughs> like, like Lauren said, we have a big um, club fest thing, people sign up and everything. Now, most groups and my group and the other two groups, they all had uh, signups for audition times right there. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, but as I recall, you guys have interest, like you sign up your email to get an so then you guys email them about when auditions are coming up. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. So we'll send out just a blanket interest email and then we will let them know when a sign up sheet is posted. Um, and then it's kind of their own, you know, um, responsibility to go and sign up and pick a time and head out to the music building. Yeah. And we've found that that kind of quote-unquote weeds out the people that are not super um, committed Mm -hmm. but also 
leaves us with a lot less like blank 10 minute slots where people have oh, just gosh. forgot that they've signed up for auditions <laughs> just horror stories back to this year so many blank 10 minute slots because yeah. i because how i approached it and i you know i only ran timberman for two years so i was very new to everything my thought was why wouldn't you just have people sign up right then and there because then you can get them like immediately and then you know, two years of auditions, there's just so many cancellations or just people who don't show, even mm-hmm. with reminder emails, even with like reminder texts and reminder calls. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> maybe that was a little too forward, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's, it's tricky because my approach mm-hmm. was like, well, okay, I'm auditioning mainly, I'm, I'm hearing mainly guys and that's just a much smaller, um, we just have a much smaller audience um, mm-hmm. or a much smaller pool to fish from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get as many as I can. And I want to hook in as many as I can. Um, but you guys, you guys have so many people auditioning because, mm-hmm. you know, lots of girls, not that all girls are, are sopranos and altas. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys have a lot of people auditioning. So I think that's really smart and like a pretty counterintuitive and subversive, but really bright way of like, okay, we want to get the people who actually want to be in it and to have the self-motivation to get out of their dorm room on a Saturday or a Sunday (laughs) and come up and sign up for the slot they want. And then on top of that, learning the, the piece. Um, Yeah. Cause for us, it was, you come in and sing your own song and just, we check the range and figure out how your voice works. And then we give them the piece. Mm -hmm. How, um, how do you do the whole, learn the piece and then come in and do it do you sing it do they sing it with the whole group or just part of the group yeah so we'll um put up like a section of sheet music on our facebook page it's typically a song that we've done either it's a semester prior or the semester even prior to that um or the year even prior to that and it'll be a piece that's relatively easy but still challenging enough that um we're kind of testing musicianship Mm -hmm. and musicality uh, so they'll come in with whatever part they are auditioning for prepared. Um, some people will come in with multiple parts prepared and we'll hear whatever they've prepared. If that means that they sing it four times through on all different parts, then that's what happens. Um, have you we, had someone, uh, actually do that? We've had people come in with, I think up to three parts prepared, which is nice because, you know, we never really know what we're looking for in the audition process because yeah. as well as, having um new members switch voice parts we also switch voice parts of current members Mm -hmm. throughout the year just to put everyone where they really fit the best so it's nice to have people coming in with a lot to offer Um, yeah and we'll have them perform in a small group so it'll be one person on a part um, mm. And with a current member singing their part as well, but the current member will drop out every couple measures just to see if the person is they holding their own. Yeah. Well, that's really smart. I would. Oh man, that must be a logistical nightmare. It's <laughs> like moving <laughs> things around. But I think that's. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, one thing that I always like worry about in putting out music, at least like as I've seen you guys do it before. It's like usually up, I've seen. I've seen the um, your guys's group in the past put like physical copies up in um, a common area, but mm-hmm. also put like pictures or like literally the documents on your Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really smart. But I'm always worried of like, what if they download it wrong? What if they download it backwards? Or well, okay. <laughs> I don't think that's that's literally not a thing. But in the age of technology, trying to make sure they get exactly what they need to do. Um, 
and like without blatantly holding their hand like you go from this page to this page to this page i've always been super worried about like okay are they gonna actually learn the right stuff and if they learn the wrong thing whose fault is it mm-hmm. can they just not read music did we were we not clear enough because there's always someone who like yeah does something wrong which is fine but um that's a pitfall i was too scared to try and jump over and i think it says something that you guys like did it and it's clearly worked for you mm-hmm. yeah it's nice we get to see the level of like dedication outside of rehearsal since a lot of our music is learned on our own as opposed to just sight reading through in rehearsal we like to come as prepared as possible so it's nice to uh, this way is allowing us to see if the auditionee is capable of that um I absolutely agree yeah, and it's also nice because we get to hear, you know, the ideas of blend, mm-hmm. your ability to learn music independently and hold your own part. So that's, I would say the group song is probably the most important of the What you hear audition. in that first part. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. because, you know, it's great to have so many people in the group being able to solo. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you have a group full of soloists and you can't blend, it's going to be worth nothing yeah so um Um, that i would say that group piece is a lot more important than the like the actual solo part that's fascinating which is so counterintuitive and is when i started you know running everything that was totally like i was like well yeah they'll like do the piece and if they can hold the part whatever but i was focused on the solo voice part and that was completely wrong one thing uh, (laughs) excuse me um the biggest thing I noticed, especially this past year, um, because my group was so small, um, and I'm sure you have some thoughts on this and you've kind of already talked about it because yours is so big, mm-hmm. almost more, one of the biggest things that I noticed and that made a big diff- big impact on me when getting when going through these auditions, um, and we'll get back, I swear, to the, like, <laughs> the fir- one, parts one, two, and three, like you oh, said, yeah, uh, yeah. just in this first part, um, was email response and that sounds kind of silly but i think it's also kind of in the same vein as you guys like you know printing out the music and learning it on their own um i remember last or two years ago so it was my first year holding auditions for timbermen first year we'd i just didn't tell people like hey come do this um that we just did have them come in sing a song check their range and if like they did well on that then we'd do callback so my thought process was okay check their actual like voice and if they if it would act if it's a good voice and then figure out musicianship but uh i think we called back like five people my first year around and there was one guy um who you know after they got called back i sent them once we just figured out who he wanted to call back sent out an email saying hey you've been called back for timberman uh please prepare this blah 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 and also please send me a time that please send me your weekly schedule or at least your schedule for like tuesday wednesday thursday friday um that so we can figure out when we want to hold callbacks mm-hmm. and i remember specifically one guy just did not get back to me um and if it's like once it's like okay you might have missed it but i emailed him twice um like hey i need to know your schedule to figure out what's going on with this so we can make sure everyone can come to the callbacks and i never heard from him and then he came to the callbacks at the time because <laughs> i guess he had gotten the emails and i was like I didn't know you were coming. I had to, had to go print off more music and everything. Mm-hmm. And honestly, um, and obviously this person will remain unnamed, but it, and me at that point, it didn't matter almost how well he did because mm-hmm. I didn't know, especially in a group of four or five, you got to be like really on top of not just dedication, but just like your schedule and getting back to people. Cause stuff, 
um, when you have four or five people, you might want to be like, hey, let's go like sing on the quad right now. Can we all do this? And obviously that's less professional and more like, hey, let's just do this for fun. But when you represent 25 to 20% of the group's membership, mm-hmm. like you got to be there and be ready to go. And I need to know, even if you can't make it, I need to know that immediately. So for me, and that kid had a really good voice. Um, it Musically still wasn't quite there, which, you know, was part of it. Mainly, if I didn't hear back from him, that just in regards to his schedule, that showed me, okay, he can't work in this dynamic because you can't leech off someone else when you're only one to a part. Oh, and then continuing that this year, it was the same thing, um, just more so. I think we sent out a reminder text to everyone like, hey, uh, remember, because we get their phone numbers, which for any of you guys starting a group or running a group, just you know, get their number in their email. It's just a good mm-hmm. thing to have. Um, I sent out a message to all the people who had signed up for that day saying, hey, remember you have an audition today for Timberman. And I got a message from one saying, oh, what time? And I was like, mm. <laughs> like you signed up like two days ago or three days ago. And clearly i mean and this guy's a nice guy but like did you not care enough to write down the time are you literally that uninvested in the possibility of being in this group mm-hmm. that you didn't put that down and i like if that was just one thing then it's like okay but it was multiple and for me uh especially trying to keep a group of four to five together especially when we were a tenor based group and there's already another big tenor based group much mm-hmm. more well established it was like okay, I have to have the most dedicated people I can find. And for me, that definitely trumped voices. It's like, I can, I won't name it, but there's like definitely a specific instance in the past where I was like, okay, this guy's, this person's got a great voice. This person actually responds to emails and actually seems to care. So I'm going to go with them. And it ended up working out way better. Um, And that's one of those gambles that you have to take. So I think your guys' process of like, getting the weeding them out man i hate that term it sounds so all you people who didn't ever get into acapella groups you're not weeds you're beautiful <laughs> flowers i swear um, but i think putting you know kind of uh, just like a first very minor but a minor logistical hurdle for them to jump over just to get to the starting line mm. um that's really smart and i think it's worked out very well for your group and i think it's something that i'm going to encourage um my future groups or in my past group to consider because it's that's important and the fact that you guys put that at the forefront and risk quote-unquote risk maybe not getting some amazing voice but they are not dedicated like that's a risk and it's Mm -hmm. a smart one to take yeah it's definitely a struggle and there are times when even our current members are not super professional or on top of whatever they need to be on top of but um you know, at the end of the day, it is all about um, coming together and being accountable for your own work, which I feel that our audition process ensures in a potential new member. I would absolutely agree. Uh, why don't we take a quick break here, just because we're getting to that time where my boss says I need to take a quick break. Um, <laughs> and we're going to actually listen to a tune featuring Miss Lauren Sarah Park here. Um, and this is Crimea River, and this is from her group, what she said. So let's take a listen.
tried to say what you did. I already know. No chance for you and me. And don't make it sad about it. You told me you love me. Why didn't you leave me all alone? Now you tell me you need me when you call me on the phone. Girl, I refuse. You must have me confused with some other guy. Your bridges are burned. Now it's your turn to cry. Cry me a river. Listening to Acaville, streaming acapella music 24 hours a day and online at acaville.com with nothing but love for altos and tenors everywhere. Lauren, that sounded great. Good on you. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> when did you record that? Um, we actually recorded that post concert maybe a week afterwards. A lot of the live recordings weren't really balance super well so we had the opportunity to do some like in studio stuff that's really cool yeah fun uh so we were talking kind of near the end of that last segment um about group not i hate the word discipline i teach Mm -hmm. and i hate using that word but (laughs) motivation and not even motivation but like self-motivation and initiative among individual members um And I think we both have very, not different perspectives, but different situations coming from Mm -hmm. that in different ways we have to approach that. For me, um, you know, when I left, the group was five people and it's still five people. uh, And if you didn't learn, we would just be like, okay, we're going to learn this chunk for this song and then have it down by next time. If someone just didn't do that, 
we just couldn't rehearse it and that was it mm-hmm. unless it was like the solo but even then we usually didn't put in the solo till later uh so we there was no point in getting like even trying it while i feel like it's a little more nuanced with you guys in the sense that okay guys i'm not sure if this is how you do it just like we're gonna learn this chunk by next time like is that roughly what you guys do yeah um i'd say it's a little bit more relaxed um Mm -hmm. we'll come in and sort of once we get a piece which is typically at the beginning of the semester if not a weekend um and we'll just kind of run through things and then it's up to people to learn learn it on their own uh yeah we'll have sectionals throughout like maybe every week every couple weeks just to check in on parts but really no one is actually 100% accountable until our memory test. Um, Ooh, I didn't know you guys had memory tests. Yeah, so we'll do, we'll, Lindsay, our musical director, has been great about setting deadlines about when we're going to get things memorized, so that way we have, like, ample time to polish before any performance. So That's really smart. We will, yeah, so we'll um, come in and have, like, one or two songs memorized for, like, maybe six rehearsals. Mm-hmm. in a row um and then from there on out will be completely memorized and off book which is really nice but as far as before that no one's really everyone's accountable for doing their own work and working on problem spots outside of rehearsal because that takes up a lot of time to be plunking out individual parts yeah but as far as like 100 percent like memorized accountability that doesn't really happen until later on in the semester and how um sorry if you already said that how long before when does the memory text when does the memory test take place in relation to the concert like how many weeks before yeah i'd say um we aim i mean Lindsay mostly (laughs) sets this deadline but maybe like three to four weeks out before the concert Um, i think that makes a lot of sense yeah which is nice because then we get to like really get a feel for our pieces put together a nice set list um maybe look at what needs to be polished, what we want to add, like, light choreography to, or costumes, things like that. Disclaimer for anyone who, again, isn't on the University of Puget Sound campus, which is probably (laughs) most of you, let's be honest. Thanks, Mom. But except for one group, uh, Underground Sound, which you can hear them on Akaville sometime soon, um, they are pretty much the only group that has regularly done choreography and the other groups are just kind of starting to get into it like barely so mm-hmm. our campus was not a choreography heavy acapella community which i think is a little which is used to be the norm and now isn't that's just a little um thing out there but that makes that's that makes a lot of sense because if you have choreography you have to have your stuff down you know like like three to four weeks earlier or mm. which makes a huge difference when it comes to like budgeting your time to learn a song or kind of screwed um how how do you tackle the tricky topic um tackle the trippy topic i I can't say that's (laughs) That's a tongue twister (laughs) tackle the tricky topic of someone coming in and just not knowing their parts or even like I, i know you said it's a little less strict um what do you do if they don't pass the memory test uh, I mean, Eat them. we've never, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> to answer your question, um, I'd say we don't really have like a disciplinary process as far as not being memorized mm-hmm. for deadlines, but I think it's very apparent who does and doesn't know. Um, and because we all have like the same goal of putting things together 
early on, doing things well, getting things polished as soon as possible, so that way we can really put on the best show that we can. Everyone is pretty much dedicated in their own way, and if they mess up or if they kind of slip when they need to be accountable for something, it's fixed pretty quickly, which is something that I really like about the culture of our group, is that you're allowed to fall behind, but you're expected to catch up, and everyone really does genuinely want to. But that makes a lot of sense considering your guys' audition process where you get people who are ridiculously motivated. Mm -hmm. So that makes a lot of sense that that's part of your group culture in regards to rehearsal culture because it's part of the audition culture. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, For Timberman, it's kind of that. It was very similar, but even, uh, I mean, technically more extreme because instead of, you know, like 10% or 5 not 5%, that would be a really big group. Um, Hmm. Actually, it would only be 20. For Timberman, where you represent 20 to 25% of the sound and the notes that are being sung at any given time, uh, if they don't know it, like I said, we can rehearse it, but also like it's very evident. It's not like, oh, was that John who didn't know it or was that Greg who didn't know it? It's just, okay, <laughs> John didn't learn his part because he's, I don't know, playing Pokemon all night. <laughs> um, so we can't really get this down now because mm-hmm. of John. And that's no one like sits that out and is like, hey, guys, you suck. But mm-hmm. it's it's just almost unspoken. We're just like, all right. And it's you know i like again we get really we try to get really motivated people so again we don't have that issue too much but when it does happen it's it's personal for the member because they feel like they are letting the others down in a big way because they're literally making it so they can't rehearse and it whole because because of that it's we're all building off each other so if one of us doesn't like have it down it's you get that push not pushback but like you get the results of that immediately mm-hmm. and it's pretty you know having simply not learned my part like like pretty obviously like once or twice and uh which being as running the group that looks really bad um <laughs> um which is something i'd love to talk about actually um but you know i i felt like i let not just my section mates and my ensemble down but i let my friends down mm-hmm. and that's gets into you know group bonding and are like how do you make people be friends with each other Mm -hmm. and you know um disclaimer lauren and i both were um lauren is i was uh very involved in greek life at the university of puget sound and there's this sense of you know um choosing people i think in both both organizations both acapella and greek life obviously very different but in the sense of like are these people who we're going to not aside from having good voices aside from being dedicated are these people we click with and not necessarily like this is my best friend you're my maid of honor omg but (laughs) like are we gonna get along and even if we both really like music are we gonna go about it in the same way even not that you have to go about in the same way but are we gonna have a good time together are we gonna enjoy each other's company because that's come up and like oh this person's a good singer and they're pretty good musician and they're pretty um and usually if they're dedicated like we get along with them and it's fine but it's that tricky question of like all right like just because we were here first if they if we get a vibe from them we don't really like them like do they just not get in like it's you you're not just choosing voices or work ethic you're choosing personalities you're choosing people and i was wondering kind of how you view that because it's tricky it's really hard yeah it's definitely rough i mean they're being in a group of 16 you're bound to have some big personalities that sometimes (laughs) clash 
Um, and there, I mean, there has definitely been drama. There's drama in every acapella group, I would imagine. Yep. But one thing that's important to me, and I believe for the rest of the group, is those bonding experiences that really bring you together. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're all here for the same goal, and we all really appreciate each other for our work towards that goal. Um, so we do like bonding activities. Um, outside of rehearsal but also inside of rehearsal so like every like month or so when there's like a really stressful time before a concert or around finals or midterms even we'll do something called warm fuzzies which i don't know if you've heard of this i have heard of the warm fuzzies (laughs) yeah so for those of you who don't know um it's sort of like the snap cup in legally blonde where you write on a little slip of paper um just a nice note about um a fellow group member, uh, something that you appreciate that they've been doing, something that you like about them, just the fact that you think they're great. Um, and then they're anonymous and we put them all in a big pile. And then myself and Lindsay, the musical director will read them out to the group. And it's just kind of a way to boost morale and just kind of remind everyone that, you know, We're at the end of the day, together. absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. Cause you're fostering connections and you're, building bridges between people and i really like that it's anonymous because i don't know i feel weird kind of going up to (laughs) someone who maybe i've admired or maybe who i don't actually like but like i secretly like them but i don't want them to know or something (laughs) like that or have maybe not you know necessarily conventional like best friendship with anything outside of that it can there are social barriers and when you make it anonymous you break that down and i i think that's really smart and i think um (laughs) ours is you know, there's a different culture between um, among groups. All of the, what did the guys do? I think we all just sat around and played Fallout Four, and it was very <laughs> simple, and it was like fantastic. Actually, I, I don't mean, even think whatever we works. Played. You know, that's <laughs> and it worked very well. We just ate a yeah. lot of food and sat around and chilled out. And obviously, <laughs> don't necessarily do that. Don't necessarily do the warm fuzzies to anyone listening. Do whatever you do for your group. But yeah, I think. Um, I think, Lauren, that's a really great approach, and it really, mm-hmm. I think, has served your group very well. Uh, so let's take a little bit, because we want to give a shout-out to a group that, Lauren, you said has had a pretty big influence on what she said. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to listen to Delilah sing How to Love, originally performed by Lil Wayne. When you were just a young and your looks were so precious But now you're grown up so fly It's like a blessing but you can't have a man Look at you for five seconds without you being insecure Oh, you had a lot of dreams that turned into visions The fact that you saw the world affected all your decisions But it wasn't your fault wasn't in your intentions to be the one here talking to me Be the one listening, 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 listening You see you had a lot of crooks trying to steal your heart Never really had luck, could never figure out how to love Figure it out, how to love Gonna try and put yeah. them all together. Have a love.
Listening to Acaville, streaming acapella music 24 hours a day online at acaville.com. Acaville, filling your ears with voices since 2013. And welcome back. So everyone, we just spent a lot of time talking about group motivation, the how that factors into rehearsals and the audition process. So I think we kind of want to keep moving forward and talking with Miss Park and myself about musical selection because that's that can be tricky and I think uh, this is one of the few moments a eh, few minutes there's there's a big difference between well there's a big difference number wise between 16 and 4 but there's also <laughs> in terms of running those groups the approaches have to be very different uh, and I think that depends a lot on personalities um, so in regards to musical selection, Lauren, why don't you tell us what what she said does? Yeah, so we have a pretty set process that's worked for us every year, which is nice. Um, uh, every year we'll have a end of the year meeting at the end of the spring semester, which typically happens over our dead week where there are no classes before finals. Um, and we'll all come together and just talk about how the year went, but most importantly, we'll decide the set list for the next year which is really just kind of everyone bringing two to three songs to the table that they think would work really well in an acapella setting, but also is like maybe a little bit different um, and something that they're pretty excited and passionate about. So everyone brings in three. Our musical director, bless her heart, organizes them all by genre and by feel, so we're not picking, you know, like 10 up-tempo pop songs. And then our members will vote for about, um, depending on the semester, between like seven to ten of them. Uh, and interestingly enough, our set list doesn't really end up with whatever song got the most votes. Mm-hmm. It's typically a combination of whatever is the most popular among the group and whatever we feel is accessible to our audience and provides a really varied set list. So for instance, this past semester, um, the group was very like very much in agreement about a lot of our set list, but that ended up being a lot of pop songs. So we had to make some difficult decisions as far as what to cut that was you know popular and excited a lot of the members but will also provide a more varied set list Mm -hmm. so we ended up throwing out a couple of the pop songs and putting in a couple of the non-pop top 40 songs that maybe were not as voted for but would create a more well-rounded set list and an altogether more exciting concert i think that's a very good way of doing it and so do you guys arrange all your own songs we do, for the most part. Um, in the past, we've used some um, like professional arrangements, but the past semester and the one before, and mostly, we do our own arrangements, and each member can participate in that. Yeah, and that's that's ambitious, and I like that you guys <laughs> do that. It's because it's tricky. Because um, for Timberman, you know. 
especially when we really started going in our second semester being active, it was a couple of music majors, but not really. And we didn't really have time to arrange. So my approach was like, I'm, you know, I'll be honest, I just basically chose all our music except for like one, maybe two. And I just, mm-hmm. and that's kind of dangerous. It was what kind of needed to be done at the time. Mm-hmm. And the guys were all very chill. They're like, yeah, you can choose the songs. Do I get a solo? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, all right. <laughs> uh, that was literally it. Um, so what it came down to was like, okay, I'm, I'll choose most of the music and uh, I'm not a great arranger. I'm pretty good at collecting arrangements, but I, I'm just mm-hmm. not a salt. I'm not that great at arranging on my own. So I have a big collection. I'd usually choose from there about stuff that like, okay, this person can do this and this person can do that. Um, and I think for the first time this past semester, they voted on a song um, and had it arranged like before, like they, they had it arranged for the next semester specifically for them to do it. They didn't go out and find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of did your process a bit. Uh, and one of the things that comes from that, and it's a little, it's a policy that if you have more than six people, I think is stupid, but um, <laughs> I think works pretty well and contributes to this idea of having a really varied set list, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was running it and when I they still do this, um, usually... You know, when the group's four or five or six, I try to make sure everyone has a solo, not just because I feel like it's my duty to do that or like everyone necessarily like needs one. But I think, well, actually, yeah, I do think I think they do need one because I think uh, I've seen uh, groups in the past do. I can't remember. It was some group, no one from our school where they did like Viva La Vida and like The Scientist. And so, OK, that's two Coldplay tunes. And they had the same soloist for both. And I'm like, oh, wow. I was like, I mean, he was a fine soloist, but it totally just, I was bored as hell by the second one because, mm-hmm. okay, it's the same composer and it's the same singer. It just was, and it just took, it kind of soured me on the second one for sure. And I've seen that mm-hmm. um, with multiple groups and it's just, you don't create a varied set list by doing that. So for having, you know, each semester, my group would do like, um, six to nine songs i'd say pretty regularly so Mm -hmm. and our last one is always shaboom and that's a group song so we would have six like each person would have their solo song and by doing that we showed off each member and each one they all got their kind of ego moment just time (laughs) to shine but it also showed off all our voices and it was six different solos and i think that's something i really liked about having a small group i think if you know, a big group of, you know, say 16, each person had their own solo. That's, <laughs> that's really tricky. And that's, yeah. um, you know, as someone studying to be a choir director, I would never like, even in a small choir, I would never say like, okay, I would never, I, the idea of guaranteeing a solo is a really like, okay, that's stepping on thin ice there. Yeah. But for this specific purpose, it worked out really well. And also we would just choose, you know, when we're choosing the rep. Um, and obviously, like I said, I chose a lot of it, but the others were involved. And I'd be like, what's like a solo song you'd want to do? Or, hey, do you want to do this one? And we could choose, like, we didn't have to ever do solo auditions. We chose specifically for a certain voice. And it was very nice having, like, people who are really chill and they're just like, I'm like, hey, you mind if I do this one? And they're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> or, um, and it sounds funny, but it, it really worked because, yeah. and I would just, we would all sit around. I'm like, Hey, what do you want to do? I'm like, Ooh, this one would work really well for you. They're like, Ooh, can I do this? And I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if that's something we want to wait like a year or two when your voice, when you figure out massage, navigation, whatever. It's nice having 
that be a conversation and mm-hmm. a very specific conversation about each individual piece for each person. Yeah. And like I said, it wasn't, you know, I would not recommend just having one person choose all the music or 95% of the music, make it a group effort. Um, but you also just go with what your group has. If you have someone who has a lot of acapella music and the others are kind of fine with whatever, <laughs> do that. Um, yeah. But I think it's very interesting to see the two halves, the two sides of that coin based completely on like, okay, this group, this is a group of 16 versus a group of four and the practices that get ingrained and develop group culture through that. Yeah, definitely. This might be kind of a simple question, but how do you guys do solo auditions? Yeah, it's kind of a rough and can be a disappointing process, but it's one that's worked for us. (laughs) (laughs) So we essentially just write down the list of songs on the board on the whiteboard in which we will be auditioning for them and we have whoever is interested audition and we have a like blind voting so Uh. we will yeah so we'll send out um measure numbers like about the week before so people can prepare like short verse chorus sections of the solo and then we will listen to everyone who's interested and vote um which can sometimes be difficult, especially if there's a tie and it sort of becomes more of a discussion. Mm-hmm. But it's always went pretty well, always gone pretty well for us. Um, and it seems like that's kind of the choice you, that's the method you have to take when you have that big of a group. Because if you had discussions about every single thing that could get about every single solo and every song, I can imagine that get really personal, pretty yeah. uncomfortable and just really time consuming really fast yeah and it's a great problem to have but we do have a lot of really great soloists you guys do you guys have (laughs) i think that is something that stands out for sure with you guys so it's difficult sometimes to make those decisions and um we find that it's pretty apparent who the best person is when we go through those audition processes sometimes we'll even split up a solo into two separate ones Mm mm-hmm um, just to have more people represented, um, mm-hmm. which is also pretty nice because I find that telling people you have a solo at a concert will get them to come more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's like, I would love to spend like two more hours talking about marketing, but that's I would get all. people to come to your concerts. Uh, here's a disclaimer for all you people starting acapella groups they don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, no, that's actually a really good point. They're like, hey, I mean, when I tell my parents I have a choir concert, they're like, do you have a solo? And I'm like, no. And they're like, yeah, um, we're going to watch True Blood instead. (laughs) My parents don't watch True Blood, I swear. They're not that lame. (laughs) Sorry if your parents do. Um, But I think that's actually a really good point on group presence on campus and Mm -hmm. how you have to reach out and go through it in a very multifaceted way, literally shoving in this very quick marketing (laughs) in these last seconds here. So, folks, that about wraps it up for this week's topic featuring the copious amounts of wisdom of the lovely Lauren Park and myself. Lauren, if uh, people want to contact you or what she said, either for booking or just to say hi or to send you funny cat videos, how could they do that? You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash what she said UPS or just Google what she said acapella and hopefully we'll come up for you. <laughs> hopefully there aren't a lot of other people with that name. That'd be a little weird. <laughs> um, and guys, you can reach me at, at John Lampus or at Acaville Radio on Twitter. This has been a fun time. Lauren, why don't you take us out? Yeah, absolutely. So next we'll be listening to Under the Bridge by Straight No Chaser, uh, a group that has a very special place in my heart. They were 
the group to first introduce me to acapella, and because my dad is a graduate of Indiana University, um, he has some connections, and I get to see them a lot, so very exciting and kind of a special tradition for my dad and I. So, Under the Bridge by Straight No Chaser. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner Sometimes I feel like my only friend Is the city I live in The city of angels Lonely as I am Together we cry I drive on her streets cause She's my companion I walk through her hills cause She knows who I am She sees my good deeds and Kisses me when they Well I never worry Now that is a lie Oh yeah I don't ever wanna feel Like I did that day Take me to the place I love Take me all the way I don't ever wanna feel Like I did that day Take me to the place I love Take me all the way Oh. 